The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanki. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanki. Welcome to today's show, everyone. It is an absolute delight for me to warmly welcome our very special guests to the show today to talk about creating lasting love. But before I formally introduce them, I want to start with a boomerang question. As those of you who are listening to the show and have been listening over the past several months to the show, you know that the boomerang movement is the empowering tool that we suggest here on the show and that the boomerang effect is a a visual for you that means that what you throw out into the world is what you get back. So today... I have an actual boomerang question for you, and because the focus is on love, and because my husband and I just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary just yesterday, um, the question is, where is love showing up in your world? And I have been asking this question of myself lately because of our anniversary, and so In answer to that boomerang question, I simply started noticing and being aware of where love was showing up. And it's amazing when you put your focus there, what ends up happening. Because on Sunday morning, I get up very early every day and I was just on a walk and it was a beautiful day and I saw a tree with leaves on it. And the amazing thing is that the leaves were all shaped like hearts. And so... I picked up three that were on the ground. I certainly didn't want to pick someone else's leaves off their tree. So I picked up three leaves that had fallen to the ground and I brought them home for my husband. And I said, we're going to kick off our celebration of love because here we've got some beautiful uh, heart-shaped leaves. We, um, we really did absolutely have a fun-filled and love-filled day of celebration yesterday. And love showed up again because we were on an elevator in the hotel lobby where we were, and we were greeted by a hotel employee, and she asked us about our day. And I mentioned that we were having a great day celebrating our anniversary. And then we just simply went off to have a delicious breakfast together. And our waitress surprised us with mimosas for our celebration as the hotel employee mentioned that it was our anniversary to the restaurant hostess. So love showed up again and again and again. And that really is simply because I was asking that question and really focused on being aware of where love was showing up. So where is love showing up in your world? Look for the very wonderful and oftentimes simple ways that love presents for you and have gratitude for that and then you can watch it grow. It's really a remarkable thing to experience. 
So now on with the show. My guests today are Gay and Katie Hendricks, and they are experts in the field of relationships and creating lasting love, the theme of our interview today. And I consider them experts because they actually have been living in a very consciously connected marriage for over 30 years, and they're doing it, living examples of uh, being positive, uh, being supporting, and encouraging of one another, rather than living in a cycle of blame and criticism that oftentimes traps couples in relationships. They both hold PhDs. They're also very devoted to showing others how to experience conscious loving and using body intelligence in their lives, and in their relationships. The love that they share can be felt in all that they do. If you look at their writings or attend workshops or any of their online programs, and even in their nonprofit, non-for-profit efforts, you can feel and sense the emergence of love coming from both of them. Katie and Gay are best-selling authors. They have appeared on hundreds of radio and television interviews, including Oprah, CNN, CNBC, and 48 Hours, just to name a few. Please be sure to visit their website at www.hendricks.com to see the countless opportunities that you, the listeners, have to experience their amazing work uh, and how you can um, experience the, the opportunity to create lasting love in your own world. Katie and Gay, it is a privilege to have you on the show today because I truly value the message that you deliver, and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share that message with our loyal listeners. Well, thank so welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you and also to be sharing a focus on love. Um, Gay once uh, reminded me that the philosopher Tasso said that any time not spent on love is wasted, and so we try not to waste our time. And that's what I really enjoy about the work that you do. It is so very powerful and positive and very uh, consciously focused on what you can do to support love rather than tear it down. And that's really evident in the work that you put out there. Well, thank you. We really appreciate that. And it's um, um, also we are just now about to start celebrating our own anniversary. We've been married now in uh, October for 33 years. And uh, so uh, we've got a big anniversary month. Uh, We celebrate the whole month of October because we had three different weddings, one in California, one in Colorado, and one a private one on a mountaintop, just the two of us. And so we decided instead of trying to remember all of those dates that we would simply declare the entire month of October our anniversary month. Well, that sounds delightful and happy anniversary a little bit early, but uh, I guess it's, it's appropriate that we're focusing our attention today on love, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's always appropriate, I think. <laughs> I, I would agree. So, Katie, can you please fill our listeners in on the circumstances that led you to meeting, you and Gay, to meeting and falling in love? Oh, well, way, way back, um, you know, back before there were cell phones and, uh, <laughs> and the Internet, um, I was uh, attending graduate school at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology, and I'd always been really interested in 
the work of this fellow called Gay Hendricks, who had written some really wonderful books, especially one at that point called The Centering Book, which is about taking spiritual practices into the classroom. And I knew he was coming to teach a workshop, so I knew I just had to meet him. And uh, so in the very first part of the workshop, we literally had an across-a-crowded-room recognition of each other. And uh, we had a kind of an energetic, spiritual, really seeing each other's essence, seeing who each other really was. And then he hadn't even opened his mouth yet, but then he opened his mouth and I immediately thought, this is the most brilliant, funniest guy that I've ever met. And I still think that. And uh, Kind of the the rest is history. There were some complications, and but we really just connected immediately. So it was really a soul recognition that you had, or a spiritual kind of connection that you felt as you gazed into each other's eyes that first time. Well, yes, I always describe our meeting at meeting Katie as an answer to a prayer, and the prayer I had just made this prayer a month before um, to, I I just made this kind of open-hearted prayer to the universe. I said, okay, maybe it's not in the cards for me to have a close relationship in this lifetime, but if it is, here's what I want. I'd like you to send me a person who is honest, who loves to speak honestly, who's not deceitful in any way, and I'd like you to send me a person who is good at taking responsibility for her own life and isn't into blame. And I'd also like you to send me a person who's completely dedicated to her own creative life uh, so that she has a a clear path of her own, so she's not just living through me or um, anything like that. And so all of those three things had been problems in previous relationships I'd been in, whether it was either deceit or... Uh, addiction to blame or um, simply not having a creative path and then blaming everybody else for not... Uh, <laughs> for not fulfilling. For, for not being fulfilling. And so, anyway, I, I'd really gotten tired of those kind of dramas. And so I was in my 30s when I finally got around to making this prayer. <laughs> and so in December 1979 is when I, I made this prayer. And here's the important thing. At the end of the prayer, I said to the universe... If it's not in the cards for me to have this, okay, I'm happy to be alone. But I promise you this, I'm never going to settle for less. And I think that was kind of like cracking the whip, you know, on the the prayer. It really put some juice to it. And so I, a month later, I walked into this room in uh, Menlo Park, California, and there was 50 people there, and across a crowded room, I see this amazing-looking woman that's like (laughs) my dream person, and... uh, so I tried to find a way. I got to find a way to go over there and meet her. And then here's the big part. She came over to meet me. I came over to meet him. I came over to ask him a question, and I never even got the question out of my mouth because the first thing that he said to me is, "I'm very attracted to you, and I'd like to get to know you better." And my question just went whoop. <laughs> great, great opening line, Gay. I have to admit that's beautiful, and it, I have goosebumps all over. So, and that I know is my body's recognition of of a very deep and lasting love. That's for sure. 
And I really enjoyed, I read that, Gay, that you wrote out your list of qualities of your ideal woman. And and uh, I know that's something that I recommend to my clients as I coach them. And please tell us why you feel it's so important to have that crystal clarity around attracting your ideal mate. Well, one of the, you know, just like if you're, if you're, building anything, if you're building a house or you're creating uh, some kind of a new page on your website, you need a structure to create so that you're not just spewing things out in all different directions. And so the structure that we really recommend for people, the most solid one, is to create what we call your three absolute yeses and your three absolute noes. These would be the three things that are at the top of your list. So you don't, we've worked with people who've had a list of anywhere from, you know, 50 to 100 qualities in the person that they want. And, you know, you could create that, but that's a lot of stuff to keep track of. And if you have the three things that are the very most important to you. So, like, for example, for me, one of the very most important things is, uh, you know, I, a commitment to integrity, that the person really lives in integrity. And, and I can say that, that gay has the most solid and uh, impeccable integrity of anybody that I've ever met. And then on the other hand, what are the three absolute no's, the things that if you see them, you'll know you're on the wrong track with this person. And so one of my, you were hearing gay describe someone who has addictions or who is addicted to blame and criticism, that would be one of his absolute no's. One of mine, actually, is someone who's mean to children or animals. So it's oh, important. wonderful. It's important to balance the yeses with the no's, you know, because it's, it's very, in relationships, one thing that is important is as soon as possible, stop repeating the patterns that are making you miserable. And it took me a while to learn that because in my 20s, I managed, even though I didn't drink alcohol at the time, I managed to manifest a relationship with a woman who was an alcoholic, but who completely hid that from me for quite a long period of time. And so it's, if there kind of karmic situations in life where let's say I'd grown up with alcoholic parents and then manifested an alcoholic mate, that would be one type of karma, but it's another type of karma just to be oblivious mm-hmm. to something, you know, to uh, not be able to recognize the symptoms of something. And I also had a relationship that really drove me nuts where looking back on it now, the person was clearly manic depressive, but I didn't know anything about that mm-hmm. at the time and hadn't, you know, the that whole concept had been completely <laughs> oblivious to me. So what I'm saying is that you manifest sometimes out of the past, out of things you've withdrawn from in the past, but sometimes you just come into encounter with things that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're kind of thrashing around saying, what can I learn here from this? But before most people get to the, what can I learn from this, they have to go through a period of, why are you doing this to me? You know, of claiming the victim position. And that's one of the most troublesome things you need to fix as quickly as possible to have lasting love. Sure. And and I know that's something that you both speak so much about is just being so consciously aware of not being a victim, but rather looking at 
what the you called it in a, a recent article the hidden treasure or the buried treasure that's mm. coming up or presenting to you and obviously your mate or the person that you're involved with in any relationship is going to um, have those present those triggers to you so do you have a a few quick uh, suggestions to help stop the pattern before we take our first break sure uh, in uh, in our book, uh, The Conscious Heart, we talk about the master commitment, which is to use every relationship interaction as an opportunity to expand your ability to enjoy more and more positive energy and to give more and receive more love. So if you can let yourself shift from blaming yourself for doing something again, oh, here I go again, or blaming the other person, to shift into genuinely wondering, hmm, what could I learn from this? Then your relationships become a journey of discovery. And there's always something to learn. Nobody is perfect. And if you let yourself keep shifting into looking for the hidden treasure in this, even something that looks like it was really a disaster, there's almost always something that you can learn from that, that you can take forward to allow you to be more whole and to allow you to be more open to giving and receiving love. And and that's such a wonderful thing um, to be able to do and, and to be able to do for yourself. Um, when someone is stuck in a victim mentality, what's a really um, important, besides what can I learn, what's a, a quick or important question that you can ask to kind of well, uh, be a catalyst for that? Even before you uh, ask a question, when you're in the victim, you're not in your right mind. You're not in your cognitive brain. You're down there in your Godzilla brain. And so one of the things we suggest to people is literally to drop the words out because we know how to trigger each other with certain words When you drop the words out and you keep communicating with gestures and sounds, very quickly your interaction becomes fun. You remember what it was like to really be enjoying each other, and you can get through the stuck place really quickly. And if it's not possible to do that, I really suggest that people move from their critical brain to their wonder brain by creating a, hmm, a very pleasant, hmm, for a through a whole out-breath because that turns off your critical brain and shifts you right over into your wonder brain. And then you can follow that with a question like, hmm, I wonder how I could completely resolve this so it doesn't show up again. Or, hmm, I wonder what I could appreciate about what's happening right now. Wonderful. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Hmm, I wonder if it's time for that. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some more great tools to creating lasting love. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fima Zanke at Direct Connect Coaching. 
Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Welcome back, everyone. And my guests today are Katie and Gay Hendricks, and we're talking about creating lasting love and getting some wonderful nuggets from Katie and Gay about um, what steps or tools or actions that you can take in making sure that you shift from the victim mentality and shifting out of uh, criticism and blame to shifting into wonder and uh, an exploration of what may be presenting itself to you to be able to learn and grow from and experience greater love with. So, uh, Gay, would you uh, share with us some advice that you may have for couples who are starting to grow distant in their relationship and and give us a little bit of idea of why that distance happens between couples, especially those people that have been together for a long time? Yes, it's easy to fall into routines, like, for example, um, one couple told us that they reached the breaking point in their relationship when he came back from this long business trip and the first thing she said when he opened the door was, the upstairs toilet is broken. And so you, you develop these routines of talking about things that are not particularly important and scattering them throughout the day. That's why in our books we recommend that you have a couple of short business meetings once or twice a week, where you talk about all the stuff that needs to be done. And that way you don't scatter all these little bits of trivia throughout the day because those will eat up the amount of time you spend in intimate conversation about what's really going on and what you're excited about and what's changing for you. So it's a a lot of the routine is what needs to be kind of shaken up to keep those kind of uh, drifting apart from happening. Wonderful. And I know you talk a lot about um, the underlying reason that some of that drifting apart happens or that distance in a relation ha- relationship happens. And oftentimes it is due 
to a fear that's arising in one partner or the other or both. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit further? Yes. Well, Katie was mentioning a little while ago, and you mentioned also the kind of getting entrenched in the victim position, blaming other people for what's going on rather than saying, hmm, how have I created this situation in my life? And so it's a big shift when you begin to take responsibility for something. It's not something that somebody can dump on you. You know, you can't say to somebody, you take responsibility for that right now because it's a choice that people have to make down inside. And so, um, but all those races for the victim position are based on fears, different fears that really feel oftentimes like they're almost survival. They're that deep that it feels like your survival is at stake. And so people in relationship, what's important to know is as you get closer to another person in the first six weeks or six months or six years of your relationship, you're going to bring to the surface in yourself the very fears that need to be cleared up in order for you to be in harmony with the other person. The problem is that when those fears come up, most of us aren't trained enough to say, huh, I've got some fears coming up of abandonment. Uh, I've got to be careful. Likely I'm going to project that onto my partner. We don't think that way, so it immediately comes up in the form of a blame. You know, Instead of saying, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you, we may blame the other person and say, why are you flirting with that guy at the party the other day? And that's such a great uh, example that Gay was just saying of one of the four expressions of fear. Uh, people don't actually realize that most of the time they're in a fear trance. And so one of the things that we've given attention to in the last few years is really identifying the four expressions of fear at a body level, the, how, how it looks like when you're in the fight, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, and what it looks like when you're in flee, I'm out of here, or when you're frozen and you just can't even move, or when you have a faint, you kind of go stupid a little bit in your relationship, which doesn't mean that you're stupid. It means that you're experiencing fear. And I have created a video that people can find on our website at Hendrix.com. If you go to body and go to a section called free stuff, you'll find a video called fear melters, which will help people to identify How will you know when you're in fear? Because your body will know, your body signals will know before your cognitive mind does. And you can do very simple moves in your body, like wiggling, that will thaw out your experience of fear so that you're actually able to see your partner or your friend or your colleague as an ally again instead of an enemy. Because the moment that we're scared, the other person looks like an enemy. And it's a big problem for people in relationship. But I remember early in our relationship, I came from a very, very critical family. And so when Gay would really say almost anything to me, I thought he was criticizing me. And it really took years for me to realize that when he would start to say something, I got scared, and then it looked to me like he was criticizing me. So even if he were just... I remember one time I came home from getting my hair cut, and he walked in the door, and he said, oh, you got your hair cut. And I immediately said, oh, what's wrong? 
you know, I was so listening for criticism that uh, I couldn't break out of that trance. So for most people, it's learning how to actually listen to their body signals so that they can move from fear to flow, and then suddenly the other person really looks like your partner again. Right. And the body is such a great mechanism of truth. I mean, the body does tell the truth, and it, it does give clues and signals as to you know where you're holding on to something or in in this case of fear and um and then uh, i know on your website you talk about uh how to shift out of it and using that body awareness or body's intelligence in order to be able to do that and i want to encourage the listeners to uh check that out on your website uh, hendrix.com and also to um in celebration and in honor of your anniversary month, the month of October, on the Facebook page that you have Hearts and Harmony, uh, listeners can also go there and have tools of love and loving tools. And that's what why we led into today's show with the boomerang of love and where love is showing up for you. And uh, that if you're looking for it and you want to continue to, to uh, circulate a loving energy, um, Checking out Hearts and Harmony will give you some great examples of that as well. So, um, I, I'm, I know that these key emotional triggers uh, come up for couples so often. Um, what are some of the things over the years uh, that you have both seen are, that are some of the keys? I know you talked about abandonment they're gay and what are some of the other ones that come up that uh, couples use to project outward rather than to explore inward well one of the other key ones is um, well there's the fear of getting close but then there's also the fear of being a, a separate creative individual fulfilling your own creative destiny there's the fear of of being abandoned, or if I go off and explore what I'm really interested in, it means I don't love my partner, or, or he or she doesn't love me, or there's something wrong with us. So the we really say the relationship dance is really an ongoing dance of unity and individuation, that we have both an urge to merge and an urge to individuate. What's really important also is to begin to use your body, your own body, as a searchlight and a tool and a microscope for you to learn about those kind of things. Because, for example, a lot of people in relationship are afraid of disapproval. Uh, Other people are afraid of being alone. And out of those fears often manifest the very thing they're most afraid of. And so that's oftentimes what fear does to us is it kind of flips everything upside down. So you may be saying with your mind, I want love, but you may be projecting with your emotions, don't love me Mm -hmm. because I don't feel lovable. Mm. So down at the bottom of just about all of the fears is the fear that there is something fundamentally Mm. wrong with us, that we are not lovable. Mm. And so that fear needs to be opened up to in all of us and really enlightened in the sense of breathe with it, explore it, open up to it, celebrate it, ultimately love it, because ultimately only love can make fear recede. 
You have to be willing to go embrace fear in order for it to decrease. If you try to hold your breath and keep it out of your awareness, you'll just get more and more and more scared. But if you kind of breathe into your fear and open up your heart to it, pretty soon you learn that it's not really anything more than a bunch of dancing little sensations, and those dancing sensations could actually be reinterpreted as excitement (laughs) about creating something brand Mm. new in life. Sure. And as far as the body goes and, and, and using the body, and I know you do so much of this in your work with couples or with individuals too, um, when fear shows up, can you give us a quick idea of what it may look like in the body so that people can begin to have greater awareness of their own bodies and, and where they may be holding fear? Yes, if um, just imagine making fists and jutting your chin out and kind of going, oh, yeah, that kind of boxer stance, oh, yeah. We may think that we're angry, but that's actually an expression of fear. It's the fight expression of fear. And so often uh, the second expression of fear when you'll have couples who um, either say, you know, I'm out of here or... They actually have one foot out the door. They don't really make direct eye, can, uh, eye contact. They're kind of backing up in their bodies rather than coming forward into contact. That's the flee experience of fear. When you can feel your body is actually part of you is leaving. That's when you're fleeing. And then one that most people are aware of is when you freeze up, you kind of go deer in the headlights. So if you find your body just kind of like becoming ice, that's the freeze response. And then the the one that most people aren't familiar with is the faint response where you kind of lose a sense of the your vitality. It kind of drains out suddenly. People often experience that as a moment of getting confused. You know, like if your partner says something and you, you kind of uh, have a moment where your words drop out, that's often an experience of the faint experience of fear. And so your body is basically contracting rather than expanding. And so anytime you find yourself kind of going into a snail shell, it's, it's an important time to ask, am I scared? And you can pretty much assume if something has gone wrong, you're scared. Sure, sure. And then uh, is, is the first or uh, best response to noticing that fear, is that using your breath or do you recommend something else? Breath is usually the quickest way to defuse fear uh, because um, most of the times if you're afraid, you'll either be holding your breath or you'll be breathing up into your chest with a kind of a tight belly, like a belt around your belly. And the quick, simple way to unhook that is to relax your belly and take some slower, easier breaths down into the center of your body. And that gets you out of the trance of fear for long enough. It only takes about three breaths or so for for you to begin to change the actual chemistry of fear inside yourself. And so just a few easy, deep breaths is usually the first step in getting yourself reharmonized. And right in there with breath is sometimes... If your body is frozen, it's hard to even breathe. And so 
getting any kind of easy movement going in your body opens up the ability for you to breathe more more deeply. So they go really well together, some friendly movement and then easy, relaxed breathing. Wonderful. And you both talk so passionately about avoiding blame and criticism in your relationship, and that certainly becomes a trap for many people that are in love. Can you tell the listeners the best methods for avoiding blame and criticism in the relationship? Well, what I would say the very the most important thing is to make a commitment to end blame and criticism. The power of committing, of taking your whole heart, your whole body, your soul into uh, a promise that you make first to yourself and then to your partner, that's a really good place to start. You know, I commit to ending blame and criticism because blame and criticism are such, they're the number one relationship killer. Mm-hmm. So making a commitment, and then the important thing about that is recommitting. So committing is going to get you on the journey, and then recommitting is going to get you where you want to go. So very often when you make a commitment, like a really important one, like ending blame and criticism, the first thing that will happen is you'll get an opportunity to blame and criticize. And rather than declaring your whole relationship a failure, the important thing is to recommit. In the early part of our relationship, when we first made a commitment to end blame and criticism, it really took us, gosh, a couple of years to get skilled at it. And it didn't help at all to blame ourselves for blaming. It only helped to just recommit. And uh, a really good antidote to blame and criticism is appreciation to accelerate, to expand the level of appreciation in your life. It's really the magic move. If you create a at least a 5 to 1 ratio of appreciations to criticisms, you get your relationship back on track where you expand your actual experience of loving each other in the moment. And appreciation can come in the form of appreciation for a wonderful dinner or for doing the laundry, some very simple things, right? Yes. Yes. And I think, go ahead, Gay. Well, also, too, um, like I remember the moment where I cracked through my whole critical thing with Katie, and it was, you know, a couple of years into our relationship, but she came home later than she said she was going to come home one day. And I started, when she finally got home, I started to criticize her for that right away. (laughs) This was in the days before cell phones. And um, had I been a little bit more aware, I would have noticed that she was carrying two grocery bags in her arms. But I was so into my critical, you didn't get here on time thing, that I just started criticizing her for it. And then suddenly I realized, wait a minute, my belly is tight. I'm scared instead of I'm angry. And then I realized, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid something had happened to you. You know, I'm, I'm afraid right now that I'm going to lose you. I've, I've made such a big commitment to you that I think it's bringing up my fear of losing you. And so we kind of got through this one little moment, at least for me, I got through this one little moment of going from criticism to ownership of it 
in kind of one little moment. And that then after it happened, it was like when that guy first broke the four-minute mile. You know, suddenly people were breaking the four-minute mile like crazy. Well, suddenly I became able to shift out of that critical space just because it had happened that one big time. Mm. Great awareness. I, I still remember that. It was a really pivotal moment. And the, the, the sincerity of your commitment is much more important than the perfection of your execution. So if you're intending to shift from blaming and criticizing to appreciation, whatever you give focus to will grow, and you can grow your ability to appreciate at the same time as you're letting go of the, that kind of ha-ha-ha moment of being right that you get from criticism. Right, right. We've got to uh, take another quick break, but uh, please stay, uh, stay tuned because we've got some more tips and tools for you on creating lasting love. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fima Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And we're talking with Gay and Katie Hendricks on Creating Lasting Love. And one of your recent articles was about getting your mate to listen to you. What are the pitfalls of couples checking out and how do you coach your clients through the process of not checking out so that they can have what I'm witnessing and experience, experiencing with both of you uh, here on the interview, that real uh, honoring and listening to one another? Well, I remember one time uh, many years ago uh, after Conscious Loving, after our book Conscious Loving came out, we were doing a lot of television shows and we were on a show um, as a couple, and um, talking about our work. And after the show, the host of the show, a, a man who is maybe 50 years old or so, um, and he came over and he said, 
hey, I noticed something that when your wife is speaking, you really seem to be listening to her. And he was saying, how do you do that? You know, like, what's the technique? And uh, <laughs> he thought I'd maybe learned it in an acting class or something. And I said, well, first of all, I'm actually genuinely interested in what she's saying. And I remember he, his eyes glazed over at that point. He couldn't quite conceptualize that. But the thing is, if you're not paying attention to your mate, you've got to find out somehow down in there why it is you've stopped honoring him or her or whoever it is. And by the same token, of course, the other person has to figure out how did I create it so that I'm not being listened to. And so if both people will rise to the occasion and take responsibility for it, things can move very quickly. However, most people tend to dig themselves into the victim position and blame the other person. And actually, in about 20% of the cases I see, ultimately people break up because they're not willing to give up their perception of victimhood. Right, and they're not willing to give up that, that you know, I'm right and you're wrong. That's a, a, that's a point of view that people really hold on to. I mean, one thing that occurs to me also is that we all have listening filters. We all learned different ways of listening that really worked for us when we were growing up or in school or you know, early in adult life. Like One of the ones that we noticed in our relationship is that Gay really is a great, he had a great listening to fix filter. So I would say something like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling really tired today. And you say, well, just do some breathing. You'll feel much better, you know, rather than, <laughs> rather than uh, really listening. And one of the big, important, simple shifts that people can make, since we all have listening filters, is to shift into genuine curiosity. And you can do that by opening your body and turning your body towards your partner. It's really, I think with technology today, too, it becomes even more challenging to really give your full attention to your partner. Your phone is beeping and, you know, different electronic things are going off. So really turning your whole body toward your partner, taking a few breaths and actually getting curious, shifting into curiosity uh, is something that you can really learn. And especially if you combine curiosity with appreciation, that's a very magical listening filter that will um, really, you'll find that your partner will start speaking to you about things that, uh, that you can keep discovering. And it opens up this kind of intimacy really quickly. Beautiful. And, and oftentimes people get distracted by being focused on what they want to reply or respond with rather than just creating that opening and, and that space for that honoring as I keep hearing back and forth with both of you here on the interview and I've, I've witnessed it on, um, on numerous things that I've watched of yours too and uh, they, they just seem to get caught up in what they're going to say rather than what's being said. Yes, we call that listening, uh, listening to rebut, or you're just listening to rehearse what you're going to say. <laughs> right, you're right. For the other person to stop talking. Sure, 
Sure. And and also and that happens in, in not just in, in in love relationships, but also in work relationships or any type of listening oh. interchanges. Yes. Yes. How do you recommend couples build a deep and lasting trust in their relationship? So if there's a fear of betrayal or a fear that's coming up and presenting, how do you uh, help couples move through that to build a greater level of, and degree of trust? Well, we like to say that at the bottom of every problem is 10 seconds of truth that has not yet been spoken. And so we're always encouraging couples, uh, or singles for that matter, to find out what that 10 seconds of truth is that needs to be spoken. And if we can get people to that place, and sometimes it doesn't take very long at all to get them to that place, and once they open up to whatever that thing is that they've been least willing to face, once that energy is freed up, then the energy can be taken in all sorts of different directions because you've kind of unplugged the thing that was jamming up the machinery. And once that begins to flow again, any unspoken truth is kind of like putting a boulder in the middle of a stream. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take many boulders to block up the entire stream. And so one, two, three boulders may not do it, but on the fifth time you can seal something, you've taken a stream and turned it into a trickle. On a very practical level, we found there are three things to really start with, facts, feelings, and fantasies. So those 10 seconds can be, so a fact might be, um, I spent money last week that I didn't tell you about that, um, you know, overdrew the checkbook. Um, A uh, feeling uh, very often is either anger or sexual feelings, so, um, or jealousy. So I, I've, found myself feeling jealous when I saw you talking to uh, our close friend at the party the other night. That would be an example of a feeling. And then a fantasy would be, you know, I, I, I realized I've been having this fantasy of us creating a different way of having sex together, and I just have never shared that with you. And I feel scared to, but I'm going to go ahead and share that now. Got it. And so you take those boulders out of the way... And um, and then what do you recommend beyond that? Well, being in the flow of truth all the time is one of the most delicious experiences of life. If you're not hiding the truth from yourself, if you're not hiding important things from yourself, and if you're not hiding important things from other people, you have a kind of a living fountain of energy inside you at all times. And so... That's kind of the ultimate payoff for being committed to honesty and a life of transparency is that you get to live in this living stream of energy. And so we always say that unless you're feeling that, you're kind of cheating yourself. You know, unless you're feeling that living, bubbling energy of life at any moment, Find out why. Find out what's the boulder in the stream and remove it. And our books like Conscious Loving and The Conscious Heart are full of those kind of suggestions and nuggets of how to do that. It really does boil down to ultimately to commitment, though. If, if you're willing to make a commitment to clearing up the boulders, you'll find magical ways of clearing them up. But if you're not really committed to that, 
then nothing you do will clear them up. Sure. Here's what, here's what happens and what we've noticed as the, the big payoff on the other side of all of these moves we've been talking about is that you create more intimacy, a flow of intimacy, and uh, a deep sense of being with each other and moving in the same direction. And how that translates is to greatly increased creativity. You have a lot more free time because you're not in power struggles and in conflict. So you can give your attention to how you want to be developing your own creative expression in the world, your own contribution, and also the contribution, the genius of your relationship. So you have a lot more time to focus on doing the things you love to do rather than digging yourself out of one pit after another. Sure. And uh, I know one of the things that you're really passionate about, Katie, is your non-for-profit organization. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Oh, yes. Our Foundation for Conscious Living is organized around three principles that anybody in the world could start using right now. It's, it's organized around authenticity, what we were just talking about, about how to really be honest inside yourself and with others. And it's organized around responsibility, not as blame or burden, but actually being able to respond in your life uh, to use all of your resources to create solutions, uh, to be able to be generating new possibilities for yourself and for all kinds of humans. And it's also organized around the principle of appreciation. And we really think that appreci- all of these principles are really magical, not just in your personal relationships, but in society, in politics, and globally. So we have a whole uh, website that has pages that are devoted to an experience of each of these principles, wonder questions, and then stories of transformation and research. So you can see how people are using these to change their communities. One of our um, graduates, for example, was just involved in the 100,000 homes, helped create over 100,000 homes for homeless veterans. Uh, in the world out of using these principles. So people are creating real solutions in the world out of using these powerful but simple principles. And what a wonderful thing to put your energy and focus into is is to sharing this, I'm going to call it effervescent love because it does Ooh. feel feel like it's kind of just bubbling out from both of you and uh, sharing that and sharing the the concepts and the principles behind achieving that so that that creativity like that uh, can happen. And that's such a, that's what we need more of in this world today, by all means. I agree. Yes, yes. So uh, one quick, um, one quick before we wrap up uh, tool or um, insight that you can share that's really important in creating lasting love? Well, uh, people who graduate from our seminars, we give them a little wristband that says, breathe, move, love on it. And those things contain the key to how to resolve any issue in your life. First of all, you need to 
you know, open up awareness of it. And there's no better way to do that than taking a few big, easy, deep breaths and kind of opening up to yourself inside. Also, moving, using your body, using your body to move with the issue as well as talk about it. But ultimately, inside there's only that which needs to be loved and that which has already been loved. (laughs) And our job is to just keep that process moving of opening up to loving the things that most need to be loved inside ourselves and in other people. And isn't that what everyone needs is just love, 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 and more love. Well, I think that's what everybody wants, too. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this very insightful interview, Katie and Gay. Uh, We're so thankful for your energy and participation and for your just the wonderful example that you set for uh, all of us to be able to look to achieve and to our troops who tirelessly serve our country and its people. Thank you. And to the incredible listening audience and our growing audience, please continue to spread the word of our show to others, spread love to others as well. Thank you for choosing to be with us each and every week. Have an inspired week and be sure to look for love and how it shows up in your world. Thank you so much, both of you. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fee Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.